You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. You are tuned in to Very Loose Women, live on Resonance 104.4 FM. You might be listening on podcast too. My name is Soila. I'm very happy to be joined in the studio by my wonderful co-hosts, Leo and Nikki. Hi. Hi. Nikki's helped produce this episode with us, and we have our friend Shakira. Hi, everybody. Tonight, we're going to be talking about our furry friends, the dogs, the cats, the pets we love and live with. We are going to start by sharing a celebration or a frustration of the week leo i I feel like i'm instagramming like oh my life is beautiful but i just came back from holiday (laughs) there were some nice pictures oh i mean i also did that (laughs) (laughs) i went to romania with my girlfriend's family i didn't really think it through because i didn't have to organize anything so everything was just bonus I was really stressed when I went there and it just allowed me to de-stress so much because someone else was doing all the planning. Romania is amazing. The first day we got there, we got off the plane and we went to a salt mine in a town called Turda, which is a funny name for a town. But but the salt mine was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. It was really, really deep and it looked like the set from a 1970s space age film. It was just incredible. My celebration is actually, I spoke to my grandparents yesterday after not speaking to them in about two months. Oh, wow. We were playing telephone tag and I also just didn't call them for a while. Mm. But I got through to them and... They weren't upset. They were just so happy to hear my voice. And I was happy to hear their voices. And it was really nice. (laughs) Listeners, if you've not spoken to your grandparents in a while, you should get on the phone. Do it. Do it. Uh, (laughs) Nikki. Yeah, so mine's a frustration. It's a bit of a bizarre one. Basically, there was a leak underneath my bath. Mm -hmm. And when the person came to fix the bath and they took the panel off, They found all these strange things underneath the bath, like coffee cups and other bits of rubbish. So basically, the people that had built the bath in the first place had like just had a bit of a party and then put all of their rubbish underneath the bath and sealed it in again, (laughs) which is like the most bizarre thing ever. So it's kind of frustration, but it's also just weird. It's like a a strange time capsule. Yeah, that's how I felt. (laughs) Are you going to keep the cups? Well, (laughs) they're they're back under the bath, I think. Actually, I don't know what happened to them. (laughs) No, that could be a lie. I'm not really sure what happened to (laughs) them. Well, I'm going to celebrate something which is um, very relevant to tonight's episode. This weekend, while Leo was away in Romania, I looked after her... I'm going to say cat, but um, if any listeners have been keeping up with the story, the the cat Dashian story... um, (laughs) I can't believe I just laughed at that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that Leo has a family of other cats who visit her. And I would describe it, and I describe it to her as a cat hotel. So there's the cat she owns Hmm. with her girlfriend. And then there's two of the neighbour's cats, but one comes more often than not. And then there's there was another cat who yeah. I'd never seen before and was like, who is this cat? You know what? That's Percy and bloody Percy. Because today, so I fed Hank, who's, who's like, Hank is the cat that Ellie got when it was a kitten and now it's grown and it lives in my house. I like it. I like how it. <laughs> <laughs> she hates when I call babies it as well. <laughs> I left the window open because I'd been cooking my omelette and I didn't, you know, the smoke all of that stuff so I left it open and then I went back into my room Percy jumped through the window ate Hank's food and then jumped out again 
He's evil. He's just evil. Because <laughs> the thing is, Alfie and Rufus, to get onto my bed, they jump onto the piano. I think it's because they've got little paws, like little legs and paws. Whereas, like, Hank is, like, this really big... He's long. He's he's like a leopard. So he can just jump and onto... he's not that big. <laughs> he can just jump onto anything he likes. And so can Percy. Percy is not as big as Hank, but he's this really long cat as well. He just comes and eats all Hank's food and then just Fs off. <laughs> Get your frustration in that. Oh my gosh. On that note, tonight's yeah. topic is about pets. And we're going to talk about a love for them um, and other ways in which pets influence our lives and our interactions with, with these beloved creatures. That's a kind of starting off question. Do we have any pets? And I guess why do we have pets? At my mum's house, there is a cat. Name of Star, Basil, surname Basil, first name Star. <laughs> She was originally called Star, but I thought she needed a surname and the family surname wasn't good enough, so I just thought, Basil, why not? But sadly, I think she's on her last legs. She's very old. She's about 19 years old now, which is pretty crazy for a cat. And she's, like, suddenly stopped cleaning herself, so she's all, Mm. like, lumpy. But still very, very beautiful. I have had several cats over my childhood, um, or family, several family cats, now we just have the one her name is millicent i think she's put me off cats because she's very aggressive she likes it when you touch her but only for like two minutes did Um, hank flip that for you when you were cat sitting not really because i got (laughs) out even though he was very loving and you know wanted the attention and it was nice to pet him i still felt as if any minute he would lash out at me and and hurt me and I'd be like I just want to show you love mm. and this is how you repay you know what? you're me. like those dogs who've been badly treated but in this case you've been badly treated <laughs> by your cat and now you just you've just lost all faith in cats I have but this is we also have a dog and yeah. that's the thing the dog is so loving and so wonderful and I didn't realize how much I could love a creature that can't talk to me but I do like I would die for that dog I love her so much and I never thought I used to be as a child scared of dogs you know that idea of all these big 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 dog but she's very tiny and I feel like it's opened my eyes to a new world of like just love and affection which I didn't think I was capable of Ellie was saying the other day that she feels that Hank, I mean, he was affectionate towards you. She feels that cats are kind of affectionate towards anyone. It doesn't really matter who. Whereas mm. dogs have a sense of pack and loyalty. And so they know who you are and they actually love you and not like a random other person. I feel like cats just want warmth. Yeah. That's all they want from you. And from yeah. You. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same in, in <laughs> <laughs> human form. <laughs> what we managed to do was collect some other voices. I say we, I mean a wonderful other presenter, Flory, who is at home. So we're going to play that. Hi, I'm Sue and I am calling in from London. Of course, when my friend told me that there was a radio show with an episode dedicated to pets, I was more than happy to share my own experience. I actually have a cat myself. His name is Senna. He's six years old. He is a black, fluffy gorgeous cat with the most amazing personality. My dad actually also has a Rottweiler, which he's sort of co-adopted. His name is Toku. Um, He's also six years old with the most loving personality. I definitely look forward to coming home to my cat every evening. You know, I hope that when I'm older, I have the space to be able to get more. Um, I definitely want a Shiba Inu. I'm originally Japanese, so that would be amazing and hopefully open up an animal shelter. That is like my ultimate dream. Hello, this is Johanna, and I've known Biggie ever since she was 
a tiny, tiny little kitten. I actually was really against Biggie. I was living in a huge student house and Florrie and her boyfriend Hugo announced that they'd bought a kitten and I was so against it. I was just thinking about the hair in the house and fleas and things like that. And I remember my boyfriend who lived with Florrie at the time telling me on the phone, you wait until you meet her and then you won't be saying this. And I was like, yes, I will. I really don't want this cat to be living with us. And then I met her and she was the cutest, tiniest, most energetic, crazy, wild little thing. And I fell in love instantly. And she and I developed a great friendship. We were the only girls in a big house full of boys. She wasn't the most cuddliest cat, but she did this thing when I was feeling anxious or upset or down. I feel like she could always tell. And I would sit on the sofa and she would crawl across the sofa and she would lie directly on my chest. So if I was anxious and my heart was beating fast, she would just curl up and lie on my chest and it was like the most reassuring thing and uh, I'll always love her for that. Hello, Florrie here, your other Very Loose Women co-host. I hope everybody's doing well. I'm not actually as it happens, that's why I'm not in the studio this evening. Feeling very ill, so sitting in my kitchen right now, but I am with my cat which is very apt um, for this episode on pets. So a little bit about my cat, Biggie. We named her that because she was the um, runt of the litter and very tiny. We thought it was funny, but you wouldn't believe that now if you saw her. Anyway, she's great. She's the most beautiful cat. She's got very uh, gnarly character, which I love. Um, She doesn't take any shit. Uh, She can kind of turn on you at any moment when you're having a nice cuddle and kind of rip your arm to shreds. She's also very calming and grounding and I think I really rate that about animals and the way that they can kind of connect to your emotions on a level that you don't really understand but they kind of sense you and, I don't know, they just have a very calming um, influence. So I like having her around. I also had lots of pets growing up. When I was a kid, I had loads of guinea pigs uh, and rabbits. I had a hamster, I had fish, um, but most of them died untimely deaths, unfortunately, I have to say. Um, one of the guinea pigs got eaten alive by its parents, actually, and we buried it in a, in a pizza box in the garden, which was pretty savage. I actually heard something the other day that scarred me a bit, which was that apparently sometimes hamsters get buried alive because they go rigid or they kind of fake die or something. Uh, People think they're dead and bury them, but in fact, they're not dead. (laughs) So (laughs) that was Flory. That was epic. (laughs) I went on such a roller coaster ride there of emotion. (laughs) Um, But when Flory was talking, she mentioned about burying her hamster in a pizza box. Mm. From that, as a sad point, and I know I'm kind of saying it with a smile, (laughs) but... (laughs) How do we feel that we can learn about sad emotions like grief Hmm. from pets when they pass away? I have a little bit of a devastating story about two dogs I had. 
But just before I moved to London, I had a dog called Matrix, and I got another dog called Charlie. Matrix was male, Charlie was female, and Matrix hated Charlie <laughs> at mm-hmm. first. But then they started getting along really well, and they loved each other. And Charlie would like nib at him and just massage him like dogs do. Uh, and last year, so that was I had them for three years, both of them for three years. Um, Charlie died. She went missing, and Matrix. I wasn't there, but Matrix cried for three days, and I've never heard a dog cry. My grandparents and my mom, who live at home, just said it's the worst thing they've ever heard. It was heart-wrenching to just experience. Mm. Um, I ended up going back home a month later, and Matrix was... He was about seven at the time, and he just looked so aged. He would... Walking slowly, he... He kind of looked like an old man. <laughs> and after a few days of me being there and giving him attention, he perked up a little bit. But then he also died about a month later. Oh, my God. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, he got hit by a car. And I'm still getting over that. Mm, that's um, really sad. That's, that's my story about that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that, that, well, that dogs could feel grief to that extent. I guess it's not something I'd ever heard about. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know either. Uh, but yeah, I'm also, I'm also kind of glad I didn't have to see that because mm. I don't, I can't even imagine hearing a dog cry that much. My dad has always taken pets dying very seriously. There was Marie Antoinette, <laughs> a chicken I got from a market. <laughs> I love that. It was like this little chick, and I was like, "Oh yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to." I went out to my mum. She lived in Normandy at the time, which is the countryside. I mean, not all of it, but in this occasion, the bit that she lived in. Uh, anyway, um, and I went, so I went to this market, and I was like, "Wow, they're selling live chicks!" And I brought it back to Paris, and it would like go down the sleeve of my jumper. And then when I and that was like the I was like on some sort of half term. When I went back to school, I came back from school. I actually took a detour via a bookshop. Spent ages in the bookshop. When I got home. Marie Antoinette obviously was dead and then I say obviously I wasn't like heating you're meant to incubate like chicks like you're meant to feed them chick food all of these things I did not know so my dad was like I understand it's very sad I'm very sorry so we put Marie Antoinette in a cigar box how old were you out of interest (laughs) like 13 and but how are you supposed to know how to look after a chick? I don't know. And and then we put then we put the cigar box with um a a candle light, um like you know the little tea lights um in the sen, which I think is illegal. Um and okay, yeah. I don't know anything about then, French law. <laughs> no, me neither. Otherwise I wouldn't say this on the radio. Um <laughs> and then yeah, we, we set it off. And my dad sort of continued this. His his cat died last year and he's been mourning that cat until we went to a rescue centre just like a couple of weeks ago. I went to France and I went to a rescue centre with him. And he picked another cat. But for this whole time he hasn't been able to like look at any other cats because Miss Miss is like a mm. hole in his heart. He, like, nailed some wood to a tree and wrote R.I.P. on it. And then, for some reason, had a gravestone, which I think was stolen from... I don't know. I think it was a junkyard, but clearly originally a cemetery, which he just put against the tree to mark, like, this is the cat death tree. He just takes it very seriously. And when I bring up Miss Miss now, he's like, oh, you know, so sad she's gone. But, yeah, Matty is going to come along now. So what do pets teach us about ourselves in that respect because I think dog has taught me to be more caring and loving and I think you know I don't 
I, I previously kind of didn't like small animals and there's also a little part where I'm someone who's vegetarian and is moving towards becoming a vegan and I think looking after um, the creature has helped me to I don't know navigate that element of care and feeling like I don't want to be selective or I, I guess I think is the word speciesist or something so what have your pets taught you in, t- in terms of all of these different things in terms of un- understanding more about other species and seeing other species more as equal but then on the mm. other hand there's this sometimes I find myself wondering like because I'm a vegetarian as well like how ethical actually is it to keep pets like I love my cat but does it kind of contribute to this idea of like human stewardship of animals mm. and and is that a good thing or a bad thing I mean I'm still having a pet whatever <laughs> who cares but it, I do think about that sometimes yeah I think it's important yeah. sometimes when I'm walking um our dog's name is Laika um after the first dog in space <laughs> whenever we walk her sometimes I'll say to my mum oh um you know because she's on the lead and she wants to go and see all these other dogs and we're like what if that was the other way round and we saw another one of our kind and we were like I want to go and see them and we were being stopped like how when you switch the roles it sounds a a little bit dodgy but then you think oh but we we give her as much love and let her have as much fun as as she can without her running away for me the ethical thing is really the spaying like, we do it because we can't have, like, lots and lots of cats in London mm. that aren't being taken care of. Again, if you apply that to humans, like, say, like, oh, there are too many humans, so we're just going to cut out your ovaries. Is that okay? And you'd be like, hmm, human rights. So, I don't know. We take it as a given. I think it's not necessary. It does seem crazy yeah. to me. Are there any pets, I think, that we would like to have? So, I would definitely like to have or at least live among mm. all of the lemurs. Oh so that's my, my favourite animal. So yeah. if I could have, or if I could be their pet, weird <laughs> way, like I just would like to live among lemurs and. Uh, well, even an eye eye, you know, the one with the long finger that looks all scary in nighttime. Yeah, because I think it looks very timid. It does. It's very timid. Creature. Lemurs are incredible. Yeah. If we could let lemurs rule the world, I think it would be a better place. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, would you let the lemurs groom you, just like pick up? Yeah, absolutely. I'd want to feel part of the community. <laughs> I don't want to feel as if I was as welcomed as I was welcoming them into my life as well. You know, I think lemurs scratch at trees to mark it as part of their area mm. and then piss on it. Would you be prepared to do that? <laughs> Why would you ask that question? Why would... I mean, specifically for this reaction. I maybe would be like, come on, let's be polite here. But I thought you wanted to be part of the community. Okay, okay, I think we're going to... <laughs> this feels like it's too much of an in- inquiry. Um, I actually wanted to go back to the ethics of having pets. And mm. I think breeding is something that we shouldn't be encouraging. Um, and we should always try to adopt. Yeah. Um, yeah. If there's pets that we want that mm. can be adopted. Definitely. I'm afraid <laughs> that's all the pet talk we have time for. If any listeners have any thoughts of their own or uh, answers to our questions about pets, do get in touch. Um, we are at VLW Radio on both Twitter and Instagram, and we're very loose women on Facebook. Thank you very much to my wonderful guest. Thank you, Leo. You're welcome. And thank you, Nikki. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you so much, Shakira. You're welcome. Um, and thank you, John, who's done the engineering for us today. 
and you can listen to other episodes on acast.com forward slash Swimming or on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. So thank you very much for listeners and good night. <laughs>